0: Normally, when you fire your head coach, you fire the GM at the same time, and you bring a new duo together. That's not what the New York Jets did. New York Jets kept their old mediocre GM. Actually, mediocre is being kind of generous, given the state of the roster. Let him waste a bunch of cap space, and then fired him a month before the season. and got a new GM after the old guy signed a bunch of players that the new coach, who's awful in his own right, didn't even want. So, like, now Joe Douglas is in a position where Adam Gase is alienating all his star players, which, I mean, who could have seen that coming after he drove Jarvis Landry, Kenyon Drake, and everyone else out of Miami? And Joe Douglas is left in a position of, all right, Adam Gase, for whatever reason, doesn't want to utilize this guy correctly. Or in the case of Jamal Adams, they just don't see eye to eye. Not that I could blame Jamal Adams for that. But they're now in this position where... Joe Douglas says, all right, I got to get whatever value I can. He got a great haul for the Jamal Adams trade. If you look at that trade, he got two firsts and two thirds. You know what that sounds like to me? What does that sound like? Two firsts and two thirds. who are just going to end up
1: requesting to be traded from the team. Well, no, because
0: Adam Gates is going to be gone after this year.
1: You're right, so they're, they're destined to have good management once Gase is gone. They're going to have like better Chris, management, yes. We, we yes. discussed this over text. I, at some point, yes, Gase is a tragedy, is a tragedy to, this, to this organization. But, you know, I'm starting just to think it's just
0: awful ownership, and it doesn't matter who you bring in at this point. Well, because... no, the ownership's not good, but to say no, no, no. All right, I kind of agree and I kind of disagree. The ownership is abysmal. It's like next level bad. But,
1: so why would you ever trust them to make the right coaching hiring decision like why would you have well any but here's the thing they're not going to be making good. the
0: decision this time the reporters who are well connected with the Jets front office are, are all reporting that Joe Douglas is going to be the one making the decision so the GM who is probably the only person in that entire front office that looks like they have any idea of what they're doing the GM is going to be making that new coaching hire and I trust him to pick a good guy who who made the decision to get Le'Veon Bell? The old GM, who was fired like a month later.
1: And who just made the decision to cut Le'Veon Bell? Was it Gase or was it Douglas?
0: It was Douglas because Gase had alienated him because he was giving Frank Gore twenty carries up the middle of a game, and giving Le'Veon Bell like two. Frank Gore, you
1: know, what is wrong with the you? Wonder. Like, that is, what is wrong with you in the head if you're doing that? Like you're paying the guy, might as well use
0: him, right? Running into the well, ground. Well, that's the whole. But that's the whole thing, like. Joe Douglas wouldn't even be dreaming of moving Le'Veon Bell if it weren't for Adam Gase. It's weird. Same thing for Jamal Adams. If they had hired, like, Matt Roll, who's doing a pretty good job over in Carolina, guess what? What? Jamal Adams would probably still be here. The team would be in a much better position. Robbie Anderson, more likely than not, would have still been there. Although, the one knock I have on Joe Douglas is he didn't re-sign Robbie Anderson. Instead, brought in Brashad Perryman, who has all kinds of injury issues. But Robbie's having a good season, too. No, he is. That's what happens I'm when very... you have a team that knows how to put together an offense. I mean, yeah. So. Yeah. It's.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I understand why you're still a Jets fan, because you have to be. You can't just get up and leave your team. No, that but would I'm be sure cowardly. Sure if you, if, but i'm sure if you if that was a decision you like you felt like you could make you would make that decision because this is just a like i would love to talk myself out of being a cowboys fan for how they make me feel week in and week out but i understand that but like you, you really... have to
0: understand why i don't feel bad like don't get me wrong what happened with dak was horrible and you know you don't feel bad good about recovery. what happened to dak no i do i'm saying i don't feel bad for <laughs> cowboys fans in general because you guys have a competitive team every year not anymore no, but you still have Amari Cooper. You still have Ezekiel Elliott. Like, I know, but it's just going to get wasted this year. We have no
1: chance of making any type of run without Oh, uh, I don't, I don't like, know about that. I mean, have you seen the NFC East? No, no, making a, a run. It doesn't in, matter if you in the, playoffs? the NFC East. What that? What does that matter? I, I still
0: think you guys are probably going to make the playoffs for what it's worth.
1: That, but that has nothing to do with anything. We haven't made we the, playoffs the playoffs since I was in fifth grade, year.
0: Troy. That's my point. You guys mm. are in the playoffs or in the contention every year. We're not. That's what I mean when I say that Cowboys fans are in a much better position than, than a Jets fan.
1: Well, there's no argument there. I mean, I think the Jets fans are in the worst position in all of sports, to be honest.
0: Uh, Um, I would
2: disagree with you there. I actually think the Giants are in a way worse position than the Jets are. Oh, no, no, no. But at least you you have two Super
1: Bowls in recent history. Like, you have some joy left over I have even less sympathy for the
2: New York Giants. If we're talking recent, recent history with Dave Gettleman, at least the Jets got someone in Adam Gase who had head coaching experience. The Giants have gotten a quarterbacks coach, another quarterbacks coach, and a special teams coordinator. It is not a valued place to go anymore. People don't value the New York Giants. We have the least wins in the last three years. I think we have like four or five wins since the boat picture. I know everyone knows about the boat picture. Um, We made the highest paid receiver in the NFL and then traded him three days later. This team is so inept, it's ridiculous. It goes all the way down from the Maras to Dave Gettleman to everyone else in that organization. And I... I honestly think the New York Giants are possibly the worst run franchise in the NFL right now.
1: I mean, it's it's close. It's close. It's definitely close. Um but I mean, the matter of fact is you have two Super Bowls in your lifetime. Like, you know what I would give? I I would I would have a tw- two decades of awful Cowboy football if it meant that I got two Super Bowls in my life. Oh, I'd make that trade in in such a heartbeat. It it oh I'd, I'd kill for that. That'd be great. I don't care if my team's awful for 20 years, if it means that I got two Super Bowls in my life. Dylan, I am starting to believe I will never see a Super Bowl in my life just because oh, I come think on. about it every week. Now you're week. just being overly dramatic. I hope no, so. No, <laughs> I, I think about it every week to think, what do you have to do to win a Super Bowl? First of all, you have to be a very good team. You have to get hot. You can't make mistakes, and you have to have good coaching to win a Super Bowl to go through the entire playoffs and get to the end and, and win. I don't think the Cowboys will ever do that. I don't think they will ever be the best team in the NFL at one given point when it actually matters. Will they be able to stay hot? Will they not choke? Will they have good coaching? I seriously don't think that will ever happen from what I have seen. Um, with that being said, I think I might die without seeing a Cowboy Super Bowl at this point. So, you know, I, I'd give two decades of awful, you know, awful play if it means that I get to see a Super Bowl in my lifetime. And you know what? what does it matter i I, i'm probably gonna see two decades of awful cowboy play anyway and i'm still not gonna get a super bowl so why wouldn't i take that trade oh yeah also just that just it. to add to my, you know, cruddy week in football, I made a trade for Melvin Gordon this week in fantasy. Uh, what happens this morning? Well, Melvin Gordon has a DUI, so he's probably gonna get suspended by the NFL. So it's just uh, been a really, really
0: bad football week, man. Know? Whoever, whoever uh, managed to get rid of Melvin Gordon at that point is pretty lucky, I would have to say. Shut up! Oh <laughs> my God.
1: I need, I need a running back so bad, and it was a fair trade. It was a I fair trade a until this back.
0: happened. It's not your fault. It's just really bad luck. <sighs>
1: It's, so, it's such bad luck. It's not even an injury.
0: Ugh. But going back to my earlier point, Troy, you see what I mean when I say that New York football is so bad that a team, even with the misfortune that the Dallas Cowboys have had this year, and I'm not discrediting that, New York football is so bad that what the Cowboys are going through right now isn't even on the same stratosphere of bad. Do you get what I'm trying to know, say but there? My, but My expectations
1: every year are set and just to be let down. Like, yeah. There's more pain to be – you set yourself up for more pain as being a Dallas Cowboys fan than being a Jets fan, I think.
2: They have the same like, problem as the New York Yankees, where they're projected yeah. to be amazing every year, and then they let everyone down. Because if you guys don't go to the NFC Championship, if you don't go to the Super Bowl with the names you have, it's a letdown. It's the same way the Yankees have, like, five people making, like, $200 million. They should be in the World Series every, almost every year, and they're not. They 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 don't step up. So it's kind of like the same thing.
1: I, I think it's a little worse for the Yankees just because I think they're a little bit better of a team. The Cowboys have definitely glaring holes. And my, you know, being a good year isn't even going to the Super Bowl. It's, you know, winning a couple of playoff games, you know, being a 12-win team, not finishing a game above 500 and losing to the Eagles twice in a year, losing to the Eagles at all for, for that being said. It's just, it's just constant letdowns. It is losing the playoffs and break my heart every year. Like at least the Yankees at least I've seen the Yankees make the NFC or the AL um CS. Like I've never even seen the Cowboys make um the NFC championships uh game. It's just it's painful. And Chris, I'm sorry that the Jets stink, but you know, it's just I have different expectations. I really do. And I think that's what hurts so much. And it was it was like I don't even care that the Cowboys won this week cuz at this point Like, yeah, they could still win the division with Andy Dalton, but, like, what does it matter? Like, we have big needs on the defensive side of the ball that the draft could help fix. Like, why not just not have a good year and get some good value in the draft? But, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with that question. Are you excited for Trevor Lawrence, Chris? Is that exciting for you?
0: Yes and no. Yes, because, you know, Trevor Lawrence is, like, an unbelievably good quarterback. But no in the sense that the Jets had every – every available opportunity to build around Sam Darnold and give him a chance to succeed, and they didn't do it every single time. And that just makes me almost irrationally angry at the organization. Because now, what happens is if you draft Trevor Lawrence, you'll trade Sam Darnold. You'll get decent value from him because he's still young. He's like 23, 24 right now. He's a young quarterback, still has potential. He's not going to want he'll he'll want money when his contract expires but it won't be like you know bank breaking money it won't be like highest paid quarterback in the league money but the Jets had every opportunity to build around him now if you trade him to say you know a team that has an aging quarterback like say the Saints or the Colts or even the Steelers a couple teams that have been speculated around him now, if you do that and he ends up succeeding there, well, guess what? You could have, you, you, in hindsight, you could have traded down from the number one overall pick and gotten even more value because you already had the quarterback that you were just too stupid to build around all these years. And it's a wasted opportunity, and now you have to reset an entire rebuild all over again. But they have the picks to build around Trevor Lawrence. Like I said, they've got four first-rounders in the next two years. If, you, if you're smart with those picks, like that can be the core of a really good team.
1: You already know Darnold's going to the Steelers to reunite with Juju, and they're just going to be well.
0: You know, phenomenal. you know how this ends, don't you? The how? Jets. He, here's how it's going to play out over the next like three, four years. Darnold goes to the Steelers to reunite with Juju. Jets. I know what
1: you're going to say, and I'm going
0: to laugh. The second, Jets. No, but... no, no. Let me finish. The Jets over the next two years finally build themselves up to be a good team for the first time in over a decade. Meet up in the AFC title game just like did in 2009 okay. or 2010. Sure. And then Sam Darnold drops like six touchdowns on them, and they get embarrassed. That's how you ends. want to know how it
1: actually is going to go? How, how
0: is it actually going to go? Because I have a feeling like I'm Donald not going to like gets
1: this. Tr- Sam Darnold gets traded to the Steelers. They're a very good team. They go to the Super Bowl because that team is well coached, and they have good talent. Um, the Jets draft Trevor Lawrence. They don't build around him. They have an awful coaching staff. Yet again, the Jets do nothing. And three or four years from now, it's the same thing where Trevor Lawrence is going to get no, to another team. That's not going to happen and this time. Start this Trevor Lawrence over again.
0: Trevor Lawrence has, is less of a project than Sam Darnold was. Like Sam Darnold, like Sam Darnold was good. Like he was a good prospect. He still is. I mean, he was what the number two prospect in college
1: college football as a quarterback.
0: Yeah, number two, right? Right. Actually, he was Arguably like 1A, 1B. one A, one B. With Baker yeah. Mayfield.
1: So, I mean, you can't get much higher. I understand Trevor Lawrence is different, but like, at some point, it's not the players, it's not the coaches, it's the organization who just mess up. Well, yeah, players. but we
0: can't trade the owners. Like, we have to work with try. the framework of what they give us. We can't, I well, seen, I, I can Well, I can't. Believe me, thing. I would love to give Steve Cohen a two for one deal right now. Be like, bro, we'll give you the Jets for free. Like, uh, here's the. But that's not an option. Though, I've never. I've never
1: really been angry at my organization as a whole. I've only must ever be been nice. angry at my... Yeah, at that my must be a nice staff. feeling to
2: have. I'm screaming at my organization yeah. every Sunday. I mean,
1: listen, I'm I'm mad at the, the Cowboys, but I don't really blame Jerry Jones aside from the coach he hires sometimes. But even with my bad coaches, they come nowhere near the coaching decisions you guys have made in the past. Um, I mean, Mike McCarthy, not great, but... I think better than Adam GaSe by far. Um, Jason Garrett, I miss Jason Garrett now. Based off what he did for Dak, I want that man back. Do you want him back? Maybe not as much, maybe not as a coach, but just like on our sideline clapping because <laughs> he's a nice guy and I have a lot more respect for him now. But I'd, I'd take him back on our sideline. Maybe he could be like our our quarterback coach or something like that. Um, question coming from the outside. Are the Jets and Giants just the Knicks of the NFL? Are they just that poorly run? And if so, like which one is the, the official Knicks? Or are they equally bad?
2: The Jets are the Knicks because they haven't won a title since 69. And the Knicks haven't won a title since the 70s. So the Jets are the Knicks. Yeah.
1: I mean, but here's the question. Uh, what was the last time? like, How many? Chris, you're going to have to fill me in. I'm not very good with the Nets history here, right? Championships, fill me in on them. We have two ABA titles from the mid nineteen seventies. So I would argue, if anything, the Giants or the Knicks, because they're the the bigger team in the market. There's no question on that one. Um, If you take away, I mean, obviously they have recent success, but you know this type of downfall has to start somewhere, and it's not going to. The Giants are going to be good eventually. They'll be back. It's just they're going through a rough patch right now. But I'd argue right now, the Giants or the Knicks. And the Jets are the Nets of like three years ago just because of the minor team in, the, in there. I mean, neither of them were that great three years ago, but
2: I would argue that the Jets here. are the Nets of like seven years ago when they had like Brooke Lopez as their
0: best player and they won like 10 games a year. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I am not going to tolerate we any Travis away. Outlaw disrespect. Remember Travis Outlaw?
2: I remember Anthony Travis. Morrow, I Jordan su- Farmar. I suffered through all those seasons with oh you, man. God. I remember all of them.
0: Iso Joe, Johan Everyone
2: Petro, remembers. our backup center. Johan Petro, dude, couldn't catch if, to <laughs> save his life. Oh my
1: god! I mean, the Jets. I mean, the Nets winning ten games, and that's a bad year for them. That's the equivalent of the of the Jets winning what, two games?
0: I gotta so, do the math I, on that. That's I think see. it's two games. Twelve out of eighty-two. It was twelve and seventy in two thousand ten. I'm I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure it's because it's they win an eight. That's, that's a schedule. That's a fourteen point six percent win percentage. You extrapolate Chris, that over 16 the games. Map. That's equivalent of the Jets going two and fourteen. So actually they're worse than the twelve and seventeen New Jersey Nets because they are not going to win two games. It's not they're gonna not. happen. They don't have the talent or the coaching or anything else. <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm like convinced you could throw out like Connor Strom as the starting fullback and they would probably not do any better than they are right now.
1: No, you know what the Jets would do? The Jets would sign Connor Strom to a three year, $90 million contract. <laughs> let some other schmuck let Chris Sakonis run the ball 30 times a game who they signed for about $500,000 for six years. And then they'd cut Connor Strom after eating up a lot of that contract that's what would happen let's be honest here you're underselling my running game troy i don't i don't don't (laughs) think i am i think i think i'm a pretty spot on i mean all right it's you and muffin i don't think there's really a winner in this situation to be honest but i mean i think Muffin's (laughs) got more i think he's got more of the fullback build are you calling me small i mean in nfl yeah you're very small in nfl standards Wait, you want to get hit by Quinn and Williams? I mean, do you want to get hit by Quinnan Williams? No, but I think that a little <laughs> bit better than you, I think. I got a you little You
2: think you more do size. better than me? Yeah, I think no, I do better no, than no, you.
0: No, 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 no. No, no, no. Come on. You don't think I do better than you. No, no, no Troy. Uh, no. Uh,
2: I just have to say it, it it's amazing that Frank Gore is still getting a starting running back job in 2020 when he's like 47 years old. I think that's awesome. He beat
1: out so, Le'Veon Bell for the starting job in New York Jets. It's he's incredible. like
2: fifth all-time rushing yards because he rushes for three yards a ga- three yards a carry every game for like the past like 35 years. Respect to him. Uh, that might be the only part of the Jets I'm rooting for this year is Frank Gore to have like a 1,000 yards.
0: I want Lamichael Le- Pirine to actually get touches. He's a rookie I'm out of Florida. Them. He's actually decent, but Adam Gates doesn't use him either because he's a moron. Chris, I, I'd do better than you. If, you, know point what, point. you know what? You know what? I'm probably gonna regret this, but we'll go to the
1: Twitter poll. How about that? What's the question we're asking? What is What is the question? Who would be better on the New York Jets? Or no, who Who could take a hit better? From Quinn Williams? From anybody, really. I think I'd take a better hit. I mean, why wouldn't I? I don't know.
2: I'm, I'm a four-year high school vet. I was a tight end. I had the ball. I've been hit pretty hard before. I think you, you should. Oh,
1: you'd most certainly take it better, Dylan. But I think you should include is...
2: me on the Twitter poll. Bit of a dark horse game. Right. All right.
1: All right. I think you're gonna win, because I, I think our friends aren't gonna want to vote for us just just to prove us wrong. I think they'd uh, I think they'd vote muffin if that was the circumstance. But I promise you that. Was, I
2: guess we'll. That is what I was counting on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll. I guess we'll step aside. I mean, we're in a bit of a heated debate. I mean, but I guess I'm not having a good time. No, you're not having a good time. My quarterback lost a leg, so and my running back got a DUI. All right, well, so all right, but I'm not that really having a good me. week. Don't Chris. get mad I'm at me. I'm sorry to hear that the Jets are still bad, but oh my you god, know, some things never change. Back here on the crew, Troy DeSavino, Chris Tacconis. We've also got Dylan sitting in studio again with Chris from last week. So we've got a a bit of a full crew again. Um, Locked of the week. It's slim pickings, I think, for tonight specifically. Um, But I'm about to shock Chris. Shock him. Okay. Um, I've decided to turn a new page and give MLS a shot. Okay. Let's go. I've been waiting for this day since 2018. I have decided to jump on a bandwagon for the New York or for for the Red Bulls, for the New York Red Bulls. All right. All um, right. Just try to stay local. It's another team that plays in New Jersey that claims to be from New York, but I'll get over it. Um Chris, they play
0: Toronto. That is right. Tonight. I may or may not be streaming that game on PC one when it starts. They're my Toronto's minus one twenty
1: five. They're favorites. Right. who's better? Toronto's that much better? Because New York is
0: plus 270. I would say New York plus 270 is pretty good value. They're playing... Who are, who's at home? The Red Bulls? Uh, Sure. Yes, they are. They are at home. Well, it doesn't matter because Toronto obviously is playing in America now anyway because of the border restrictions. But I'll put it to you this way. Red Bulls have won three of their last five games. After they fired their head coach, they got better. Wonder if someone else can maybe take a page from that. Um... I would say plus two seventy. That's good value. That's the Red Bulls. I would say it's close to a toss up. So plus two seventy uh, for the Red Bulls against Toronto. I would take that. I think that's a no good. I'm bet. taking it. We're All locking right.
1: it in. They're going to cover. I, they're, they're, they're gonna t- it's plus. That's great value. It's great value. I should get like six locks if they somehow cover this. Um, you know, and they get the win there. So I, you know, I'll take it. Red Bulls beaten toronto FC, mostly because i didn't see anything jumping out at me so I, I decide i'll give chris some joy some sign of life saying that i like the mls or i'll give the mls a shot mix it up <laughs> who wants to go next who's got anyone else have anything uh, Any i mean
2: well tonight was pretty scarce uh so i decided to look ahead to the sunday schedule and Troy, i think i made a pick that we both appreciate and agree with i took The Ravens minus seven and a half against the Eagles. I think that's pretty safe. The Ravens have looked really good. The Eagles have looked not good. And I would honestly take them at like ten and a half if you really wanted to get value for it. But I'm going to lock it at seven and a half for Baltimore against Philly.
0: That's a lock. Absolute lock. I love it. Chris, what do you got? I've got the Rays completing the sweep against the Astros tonight. Uh, that game, as I mentioned, my sportscast getting underway at 8:40. Um, the line, it, the spread is minus one and a half. I think the Rays cover that. They've got Tyler Glass now on the mound. Astros have Zach Greinke. Uh, no trash cans in the MLB bubble. I think the Rays complete the sweep. They've looked pretty good all postseason long, and I think they get the win tonight.
1: Chris, what were the betting odds of me saying I'm going to give VMLS a shot tonight? I feel like it was, like, plus 5,000.
0: It was, like, plus 10 to the eighth power. Like, it was exponentially Seriously. large. Seriously, There's some degenerate in Des Moines that had a bet on that and is now, like, the third wealthiest man in America. He's breaking Vegas. I'll give it a shot. They're on at 730. They're playing yeah. a Canadian I mean, team, look, so. look at look it this way, Troy. What After the baseball playoffs, what else is going to be on besides football? And neither well, of our teams are good. Is-
1: Football's over. F- football's done. Yeah, it was a good well, season. Well, no. NFL is over. Lie.
0: College football is very much still on.
1: Well, can I? You know, I just wanted. To, and fantasy football seeming is seemingly over now too, because I just got really, really bad news. Not even Melvin Gordon. That's not even what I'm talking about, what else Chris. I don't hear worse news than that. Okay. Adam Gase is screwing over my fantasy team. You don't say. Le'Veon Bell.
2: Very unsurprising.
1: Cut. Yes. Right. You know what just came out that the top landing spot for him is now? What? The Chiefs. Who's my number one running back on fantasy?
0: That would be Clyde Clyde Edwards-Hilaire.
1: What is happening this week?
0: Why? Wait, 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 wait. wait. Timeout, timeout. We need to call a timeout.
1: That doesn't even make sense. Why would he go there?
0: It doesn't... uh, They have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire.
2: Like, they're set at that position.
0: I don't know. I kind of love it. I, I... I okay, on, all, right, it. all right, Dylan, play devil's advocate here. Explain why you love it.
2: All right. So you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who obviously has looked great in that offense. Also still a rookie, still adjusting to the NFL. The weirdest rookie season anyone has ever had with Rona and everything. Um, having Le'Veon Bell, a veteran presence there, a guy who has w- won before. Before he got to the Jets, obviously. Um I just think I'm always a big fan of like having two backs that can split carries and like split time in the passing game. And I think Le'Veon Bell is one of the best receiving backs in the entire league. So I think it's a great signing for Casey. Not that they really needed any more offensive firepower, but power to him, power to Andy
0: Reid. Well, that, well, that's why it surprises me. It's not even so much that he wouldn't play well there. Obviously, he would. It's, in my view, the best offense or one of the best offenses in the league. But it's more of from a perspective of – you know, they don't really need to sign Le'Veon Bell. But I, I do think if they sign him, like having him as more of a receiving threat than necessarily like a handoff guy, like I think that's an interesting dynamic. And I didn't really think about that when I first heard Troy say it. So I kind of see where you're coming from here, Dylan. Um, Troy, anything else you want to say about this? Or? Yeah, uh, I'm miserable because
1: now Adam Gase is making this personal and now his actions are going to ruin my fantasy football season. I mean, how much does this affect Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's, like, status and fantasy? Does
0: it change it that much, we think? I, well, I it depends know. on how Bell is utilized. Uh, he can't be... It's not he... like... Okay, but it's not like they're going to give Clyde Edwards-Hilaire the gaze-Bell treatment and, like, give him five carries a game. Like Dylan mentioned, Le'Veon Bell is going to be used a lot as a receiving back. I
1: know, so I don't think it necessarily
0: have... hurts well... Clyde Edwards-Hilaire all that much, necessarily, because you could have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as the... Running back in terms of you know handoff up the middle or you know run to the outside or whatever, and then you can line up Bell in the slot or in some other creative formations and have him act as sort of a decoy receiver. So in that sense, I don't think it necessarily hurts Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, but he was getting receptions too, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Not like a
1: bunch. No, no, I'm I'm not saying that he isn't. They add up. I mean, last the last four games, he's had 160 receiving yards with. Sixteen receptions, like that adds up. Um, and I mean let's just look back at my unfortunate status in fantasy right now. Two weeks ago, Nick Chubb hurt, down. Then Melvin Gordon I trade for, gets a DUI, suspended, most likely three games now. Now Clyde Edward If Le'Veon Bell goes there, he's gonna take a dip a little bit. I I am just very unfortunate, I think, with fantasy right now. It's just been a really rough patch.
0: Uh, Just an update for you in uh, the baseball playoffs. Sorry to change the subject. Uh, Dodgers 11, Braves nothing in the first inning. That's brutal. Well, Uh, the bats had to come out at some point. Yeah. I mean, they've FanDuel. I have the live bets on here for FanDuel. They stopped taking money lines. Like, it's just blank. Did the
1: um... Dodgers are down 0-2 in this series?
0: Yeah, they're down
2: 2-0. They almost came back last night, but... I mean this is what they needed. Their bats have not come out at all this series until the ninth last night. So makes sense that they it doesn't make sense they scored eleven, but it makes sense they had a good start to this game.
1: Sports are over. This year's
0: useless. I go gotta, Red Bulls. Go Red Bulls. I'm surprised you picked the Red Bulls over inter Miami though.
1: I'm not I'm not in Miami right now. It's you know, figure I guess I'm closer. The, the the only reason I picked them is because they actually play in New Jersey.
0: That's fair. Um I, I wish they were the New Jersey Red Bull. I think I'd be Red Bull. I, I would love it if they were a New Jersey team. Like I'm with you. Look if every league had a New Jersey team, I wouldn't support any New York teams. Who's their who's their best player? Their best player right now? Yeah. I would say probably uh Daniel Royer. They do have this one Really intriguing young guy. His name is Caden Clark. 17 years old. He made his debut last week. He had uh, the game winner against Atlanta United. 17 years old. He was in the Barcelona Academy. Uh, he's already getting looked at by Bundesliga clubs You know, for a couple years down the line after he gets a little bit older. He's probably one of the most slept on prospects in American soccer right now. So he's, he's not the best player on the team right now, but he has by far the most potential. And I think he's going to be really fun to watch. So Caden Clark's a guy you're going to want to keep an eye on. He's 17, looks like he's 14. Uh, when you see him on the field, you'll know what I mean by that. But he he can ball. Like, he can ball.
1: So who, who's the best player?
0: Right now, Daniel Royer. He's a winger.
1: Daniel, Daniel Reuter?
0: Royer. R-O-Y-E-R.
1: 7.30 comes. I'm going to be watching this game. How do I watch it? What is it on? What can it I watch should it on? be on MSG. All right, I'll, I'll find it somewhere to watch. How fun,
0: yeah, how fun. Well you're, wait my... till we get wait till they get to the playoffs because the Red Bulls are probably going to make the playoffs. The MLS playoffs are the most unpredictable playoffs in almost any sport. I would say. maybe hockey playoffs would be up there because it's single elimination. And with the sport as random as soccer, it's like almost like a World Cup vibe. Like it's a lot of fun to watch.
1: This is what my sports life has come to. I'm talking soccer., Ugh, it's been a rough week, Chris. It's been a very rough week.
2: Indeed it has. Indeed it has.
1: Well, this is fun. I mean, it's one way of putting it. I just hope Dak will be back eventually, because he'll be back. Next I hope year. so too.
2: He'll be back. He'll be this is coming from an Angry Giants fan. He'll be back and he'll be a good quarterback again. I have no doubt. Just hurts.
0: It just hurts.
1: Ugh. I mean, his instant reaction to it was crazy. Oh, was that, that was like
0: one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen in sports, ever. He,
1: like, he tried to bang it back into place. Like, it's, he picks up his leg and hits it on the ground. I was like, is his shoe just off? Why is he banging it on the ground? His, his leg was, was like a bone was sticking out of his leg under his sock. Uh,
0: it was awful.
1: Tony Romo. It, it, hopefully it's just cramps.
0: <laughs> Not a good look, Tony. Yeah, well, I mean, I it didn't look. get like, it wasn't like totally, totally clear until you saw the replay angle. Yeah. Like a live play, like when I saw it, like live, it, at the first glance, because it was such a bang, bang play, it looked like he like twisted it. Like it didn't look as bad. No. But when it you didn't. saw the replay, I mean, you were like, oh my God, like that's bad. Also,
1: his his face looked fine. Like that's what I was basing it off of. Like, yeah. How much pain is he in? Right. And he just looked like he was calling over from the sideline. He looks fine. I think it was just pure shock and adrenaline kicking in. Um, and then, obviously, he was very emotional exiting the field on the cart. I mean, you know, I was really impressed by the, the support he received from around the league outside of, you know, the Cowboys fan base. I actually, for the first time ever, liked something that had to do with the Philadelphia Eagles. I retweeted, too, um, for a, an Eagles fan page, a pretty big one. I think they have, like, 50,000 followers. But they said, you know, like, you know, get well soon, Dak. We, you know, we don't even want to see this on our enemies, on our, on our opponents. So I was very impressed with that. I thought the entire league kind of came together around it. Um, and like I said earlier, Jason Garrett going over there on the field was touching. So, you know, I think that just kind of shows the respect Dak Prescott has around the league and especially, especially inside of his team. Um, I, I really hope this injury isn't held above Dak for his contract because he needs he needs to be signed long term. On the lighter side... Does Andy Dalton play his way into being
0: a starting quarterback somewhere next year? I will say this about Andy Dalton. I think I, I don't think he's, like, he's not elite by any stretch of the imagination. I do think he can be a serviceable starter on a good offense. And the Dallas Cowboys have a lot of offensive talent. So I don't think that, you know, like I said, I don't think that the Cowboys season is necessarily like a total wash. Like they're not going to lose a ton of games now, at least not more than they would if, Dak Prescott was still the quarterback because the big problem on that roster is the defense as you know way better than I do but offensively I think they'll be good I don't think they'll be as good as they were with Dak obviously but I think that they'll be a decent serviceable offense if that makes you know sense. I think
1: yeah it's gonna be a Zeke first offense I think you're gonna see that next week when they play they're gonna pound to the ground the run game with, with Ezekiel Elliott in the first half and I think you're going set to the, set the tempo with that honestly I think Andy Dalton's going to win the division this year just because of how poorly every other team has played um, like you said Chris the Cowboys have a very good offense he can step into it I think they're going to be an above average offense still with Andy Dalton um, and I just I think the defense will kind of come together a little bit down the line you know, we're only going into what week six now. I think there's still time for the defense to tighten up a little bit, get better. They have a tough schedule coming up. I can see them going eight and eight. I could see them still winning the division, um, not very deservingly so. But if no one else is going to take it, I guess we do. And not that that's a really a good thing, because then the next year you have to play a first place schedule, and you get a worse draft pick. So I don't really know what I'd really want to see. But, but I guess here's
0: what I would say about the draft pick. I don't think it really. If you guys, if you trust your front office to make the right pick, I don't think the difference between picking like middle of the first round or like later in the first round is that big because it's it's very much. I'll put it this way: unless you're like number one overall and there's a generational talent like you know potentially the Jets with Trevor Lawrence, it comes down to talent evaluation. If you look at look at the. Best quarterbacks in the league right now: Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. Um, you could say <clears throat> Dak Prescott. Dana Dak Jones. Prescott. No, 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 no. I, I don't. I, we don't want Danny Dimes in this I, conversation. I tried
2: to sneak that one in there. I, 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 didn't I it. it didn't was, you
0: don't see me mentioning Sam Darnold, so don't mention Danny Dimes. You, Come on. You
1: covered it up though, Ben I got Dak Prescott in there. And,
0: and... No, but Dak Prescott belongs on that list. But here's the point I'm trying to make: What do all of those quarterbacks have in common? Late, late rounders, right? And what do all of those teams have in common? Good teams. They never tanked. They mm-hmm. had down years, but they never tanked. The idea that the only way to become a competitive team is to tank. And I'm not even just saying just to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm saying this in general. This whole idea that you have to tank to become a good team just doesn't bear out in reality. There's a reason why the teams that are picking in the top 5 every year are picking in the top 5 every year. It's cuz they can't evaluate talent. And if you can evaluate talent, it doesn't necessarily matter where you're picking at 5th or 15th because there's a much higher probability that who you pick will end up being a long-term contributor.
1: I know, I but keep in mind though, the one time the Cowboys did pick top 5 recently in 20 going in the 2016 draft or 2015 into 2016 draft, that draft ended up being, you know, revolutionizing that franchise. They got Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, they got Jalen Smith. Like it was a really good draft. It's it's one thing to, to be bad and to constantly being like, hey, let's tank and do it. I think it's another thing when your team is plagued by injuries and you're in a different situation. Like that 2015 Cowboys team, they were very good. And then they lost Tony Romo and then it was kind of over. Um, and that's what led to them getting that draft pick. So I'm not saying they're not going to finish bottom five. They're not. So if you're right, if that's not the case, you know, go out there, win some games. You know, beat the Eagles twice. That'd be great to see. And just a, and on a happy note, we can all agree, though, right? Dak's better than Carson Wentz after what we've
2: seen. A thousand percent. A I don't
0: know. All right, percent. can I say something about um, Dak Prescott compared to Carson Wentz, and just in general? Yeah. I don't understand why so many talking heads around the NFL always downplay how good Dak Prescott is. Like, like just watching the guy throw the football, like, it's clear that he's oh. an elite talent. But I think, yes. and I think a large large part of it is, you know, cowboy hate. And I, I say this before, as a Jet fan, I have nothing against the Cowboys. I have several friends that are Cowboy fans. Like, I've got nothing against you guys, so I don't really have that bias. When I watch Dak Prescott play, I look and I say, this is an elite quarterback,
1: I see I see signs of what Russell Wilson's turned into from, yes. from Dak. Yes, it's a very
0: similar style like, of play. Like, oh, like, I, I, I don't like, know. You, know you, can, don't, you don't agree with us?
2: I don't know if you can put Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott, like, respectfully in the same sentence. Like, No, no, r- I'm saying
1: I see signs of from Dak I, of, uh, I, that he could, I guess, he could get there.
2: I think the big thing with, like, the Dak, like, hate or, like, the Dak, like, downplay is, like, he has a loaded offense with... One of the best O lines in the entire league. He's had that for basically his whole career. Their O line has been stacked basically his his entire time there. He's had a lot of weapons when he's been there. So I think a lot of it is like I'm not saying that he's not a good quarterback. He's definitely a good quarterback. But your job is definitely made a lot easier when you uh, when you have those guys to throw to. Like you don't see Daniel Jones working magic throwing a 35 year old Golden Tate and unheralded second-year Darius Layton. To
1: be fair, though, I mean, Dak had one year with a good offensive line. Since then, it's been injury-prone, it's been injury-plagued, guys have retired. The offensive line is completely different now. Their offensive line isn't very good now. So he's had a couple pieces. He's had Ezekiel Elliott, which is a huge help, can't deny that, and then they added Amari Cooper a couple of years ago, which is a great help. Other than that, though, his team is, is very bad. I mean, it has been very disappointing for him. Uh, He has made certain guys, listen, Michael Gallup is a good player, but it's not all Michael Gallup. We can't say it's all Michael Gallup. Dak Prescott, he's worked very well with him. Now we see CeeDee Lamb, he's worked very well with Dak as well. He was obviously a high-prospected player. Um, But at some point, you know, it takes a guy to be able to use those weapons effectively. Now on the other side, Russell Wilson had really good coaching his entire career. He's had Pete Carroll, a great coach. He also stepped into an elite defense when he, when he started playing with, with the Seahawks. I know that's on the other side of the ball, but when you have a great defense and you can control the tempo of the game, that's a huge help. Huge help. And Russell Wilson's never had an awful team. Like, he hasn't had that superstar quality players on his team, like Ezekiel Elliott, like Amari Cooper, although he did have Marshawn Lynch, let's keep that in mind. But that doesn't mean those players aren't good. Anytime a player is good and plays the Dallas Cowboys, their name gets a little more recognition than anyone else. If DK Metcalf played for the Cowboys right now, his name would get a little bit more recognition. Same thing goes for Tyler Lockett. It's because they play for the Dallas Cowboys. They get a little more of a spotlight and they get a little more of attention and recognition. I'm not saying Dak Prescott is Russell Wilson. He's as good as Russell Wilson. I see very a lot of similarities between their style of play. both very well on the run. They're both mobile quarterbacks. They've both shown that they can sling the ball out there and, and make deep passes. Uh, Dak has recently shown that he has... A ton of accuracy on those deep passes too and we've seen that early throughout this throughout this season and late last season as well. Um, There's are certain areas that Russ Wilson's just better at. He's he's very clutched on the stretch that many quarterbacks don't possess. Um, and you know a lot of that has to do with experience and a lot of it has to do with really good coaching. So I, what I'm saying is I see similarities between their style of play that give Dak Prescott a good coach, give him more time to develop. He's already playing at a very high caliber level. Give him some of those tools and give him time. I think he's gonna turn into a Russell Wilson type player. And I think he's gonna be a top five quarterback conversation every year. Because the, with the way he was playing early this year, the way he was playing last year, I'd argue he's already being talked about or deservingly to be t- being talked about in the top five. let it, Maybe top eight. So give him some more time. I mean, the guy's 27 years old. He's still young. He's still young. And he's got a lot of time left to develop too. And that's why it's sad to see this injury. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be back. He'll be back next year, but I'm hoping it doesn't affect his mobile game too much because that's where he's really good. And, I mean, before that injury happened, what a run that Dak had. Where he got injured, keep in mind, he stiff-arms a guy down to the ground, and it just so happens to be that the guy he stiff-arms down rolls his ankle and snaps his ankle in half. Unfortunate for Dak. Bad timing, bad location. But he's got elements that have been really good, and I think we can all safely say... The question between Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz. I think that's over. I think it's over. I think Dak Prescott's better. Sorry, Eagles fans. You can get over it, but I think Dak's better.
2: I'm not sorry. Dak is better.
1: Thank you. When did when did your opinion on that change? Were you always... You weren't always Dak is better, were you? I was...
2: Uh, I mean, like, I don't know. I'm not a big, like, drafted D2 guy. Like, I get that he had, like... Hate that. The physicals and stuff. Like, but I... If, like... I don't know who do you play like who do you match up with, but I don't know. Carson Wentz he had a great he won the MVP one year, correct? His MVP? No, no, no. He, he had was, an MVP-caliber season. Got hurt. Yeah, but since then it's pretty much been like, oh, like this is what he could be, but he's not. So it's yep. like, and this but that league... was
1: also when everything was coming together. They had a good defense. They had a, the best offensive line in the league. That was mm. when everything came together. Dak Prescott also had a year like that. His rookie season when everything was there, they fell short. But since then, the difference between the two has been Dak has done a lot more with a mediocre team around him. And because of that, Dak hasn't had a bad season yet. Carson Wentz has had bad seasons. He's had very obvious bad seasons, this being one of them, his rookie season being another one of them, and I'd argue last year being a bad one too. I think he's had one good season and he got hurt at the end of it.
2: No, I so understand. I, think, I understand what you're saying. I kind of think you're you're discounting the offenses that Dallas has had, though. When you say Dak is playing in like mediocre teams, the defense has never been that good. I I agree with that. The defense atrocious. for Dallas has never been that good. Losing Van der Esch this year was the death blow. Like you guys are yeah. gonna be bad after that. But he has had good offenses. That old line still has. Uh, uh, Zach Martin has to still be an all-pro. He's still won a, a top-five guard in the league. He has to be an all-pro. Injury.
1: He's injury-prone, though, and that's he's been on and off injury, and we just lost Tyron Smith for the season. Travis Frederick retired. So our 2016 line is gone. I mean, it's gone. Lyle Collins is injured now. I mean, that entire offensive line has been on and off the injury report for the past four years now. They haven't had a full offensive line since 2016. The most they've had is, like, two of those guys being healthy at the same time. And then outside the line, they've had some, you know, they've had good wide receivers and they've had good running backs. But that's only a quarter of a team, if you think about it. They've had good receive, They've had good skill players. That's what you can safely say. Since 2016, since that fr- rec- rookie year was over, the Cowboys have had good skill players. They've had good quarterback. They've had good wide receivers. They've had good running backs. And keep in mind, they didn't always have good wide receivers. When D- Dak stepped in, he had Des Bryant, a late Des Bryant, and Bryce Butler and that was it and then for almost a full year they go without Amari Cooper and they bring him in halfway through the season and then they have a good wide receiver and then they build around him so it's adapted to Dak they've they've made it a Dak friendly offense but it hasn't always been great but we could talk more football when we come back we have to do our picks for week six I'll break down what happened in week five who won that conversation Uh, we'll be back again this is the WRSU crew the Wednesday edition of the crew the best one Uh, You're listening to WRSU FM New Brunswick and online at wrsu.org.